I'm DeWitt Bingham. Welcome to the Justice for All podcast show, where we discuss all things social and criminal justice related, from the front end to the back end, and everything in between. You have a right to remain silent, because anything you say can and will be held against you. You have a right to an attorney. If you cannot afford one, one will be appointed for you. You're in the self-incrimination protection zone, where there is no cruel and unusual punishment, no illegal search and seizure. The exclusionary rule has you covered. So sit back, relax, and become sold on this week's episode. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to the Justice for All podcast show. I'm DeWitt Bingham, your host. Thank you for tuning in to the show that discusses all things social justice and criminal justice, where the goals are to inform you, the American citizen, of your constitutional rights, to provide educational and occupational guidance to high school and college students, and to be a voice for change. I'm excited about today's show because I have another one of my fabulous Heartland Community College students. As the Emerging Adult Speak Out continues, so without any further ado, ladies and gentlemen, I introduce to some and present to others, Ms. Tabitha Phillips. Hello. Hi, Tabitha. How are you? I'm doing all right. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing quite well. The thing that I love about the podcast is, is that I get to check in with all the students. So Tell me, how's things going for you this fresh uh, fall semester of the 2022 school year? It's going. <laughs> okay. All right. That's a good thing. Let's get right into it. No, wait a minute. So I know that that you actually kind of had a little difficulty in the beginning of getting used to Mr. Bingham's madness. But in regard to that, though, have you gotten more comfortable with it? Yeah. Okay. I am okay. All right. Well, I absolutely do not mind you emailing me. I really enjoy and get excited when the students actually email me and and and, and call me. Do not be afraid to do that. All right. I have to sometimes because I I don't know what's going on. I have to figure it out. <laughs> okay. All right. Very good. Let's get right into segment one. Segment one is for the educational and occupational guidance of high school and college students. We accomplished this by having our guests introduce themselves. So if you would, tell the audience where you were born and raised, what high school you attended, what you planned to major in, why you enrolled in the class, and give us one career goal. All right. Well, I was born and raised in Port Huron, Michigan, and I moved to Illinois in 2013. I went to Port Huron High School, and I later completed my GED at Heartland. And... For a career goal, what I want to do is deal with juveniles and to try to help make our system better, helping the juveniles. Awesome. So when there comes a time for you to actually finish your degree at Heartland Community College and you transfer right down the street, Mr. Bingham will be your internship coordinator at Illinois State University. <laughs> well, at least I'll know you already. All right. Segment two. Constitutional rights. The Constitution of the United States is the supreme law of the United States of America. It superseded the Articles of Confederation, the nation's first constitution. It drove President Abraham Lincoln to say, 
Don't interfere with anything in the Constitution. That must be maintained, for it is the only safeguard of our liberties. That is why it is a part of this course and this podcast. That said, what is your favorite constitutional right? Well, I I like the fifth because I feel that it's very important to be able to silence and not have to say anything until you have representation, Um, just because a lot of times I think that things can get juggled around, words could get, you know, misconstrued and, and it could go against you in the long run. So I would have to say that's my favorite, right? Yes. Do not say anything, Tabitha. <laughs> <laughs> because anything that you say can and will be used against you in the court of law. You have true. a right to an attorney. Very good. <laughs> awesome. Today's topic is data sources. Historically speaking, the Uniform Crime Report is the oldest data source. The program has been providing crime statistics since 1930. It includes data from more than 18,000 city, university, and college, county, state, tribal, and federal law enforcement agencies. Another data source is NIBRIS, the National Incident-Based Reporting System, implemented to improve the overall quality of crime data collected by law enforcement. It captures details on each single crime incident, including information on victims, known offenders, relationships between victims and offenders, arrestees, and property involved in crime. Unlike data reported through the Uniform Crime Report, which gives a monthly tally of crimes, NIBRIS goes much deeper because of its ability to provide circumstances and context for crimes like location, time of day, and whether the incident was clear. My question to you is, what is the crime that has the highest clearance rate? Take a guess at what I mean by the <laughs> highest clearance rate is that particular type of crime that is cleared by police, that particular type of crime that is resolved by the police more than any other crime. Or they actually have done an investigation, right? Because a the criminal justice begins with a crime, right? And then there is an investigation and then there is an arrest. We're talking about the offense that's committed the most that the police actually have the highest percentage of success of arresting that particular offender. It's murder. It's murder and manslaughter. I was thinking that, but I was like, for the highest clearance rate on it, I don't know if that would be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's, it is a good thing that it is murder and manslaughter because right. there's no coming back from that. Would you agree? Right. Yes. Okay. All right. Very good. Have you been following, or let me ask you this. Nobody is above the law, right? Right. Would you agree that if found to be in violation of law, that the former president should be charged with the crime? I mean, I feel that so. The sad thing with our our world, it seems like, is even with Clinton, she didn't, you know, there was a lot went on with her and nothing was ever, nothing came of it. So, I mean, I feel like sometimes our, our people that are higher up, they don't have to face consequences and deal with things the same way as another, you know, a regular civilian, just somebody, a normal working person. If they get charges and they're found guilty, that's it. Like there is no above the law, but it seems like with our, our higher people up that sometimes they get away with it. Okay. All right. Let's move on to segment three. Being a voice for a chain. What say Tabitha about white supremacy and Black Lives Matter? Well, I feel that white supremacy has always been 
since our history of all time, there's always been, I feel that there's always been a lot of, not even just so black and white, but a lot of our stereotyping in this world, more so than even racial. I I feel that stereotyping is a big issue because we are U.S. and we have the freedoms of everything. I mean, we have the freedom of speech, the freedom of choice. And I feel that we're stereotyped. You know, you could be wearing a certain color and they'll look at you as something that you're not, or you could be around certain people and they automatically assume things. So sometimes I don't feel it's so racial. I feel that it's more stereotypical. Okay. All right. What about Black Lives Matter? I feel that that's a very important thing. I feel that all lives matter. I feel that anything that's non-justified, if you're a police officer and you go above the line and, and you kill somebody, I mean, we have tasers. So therefore, I don't see why, you know, our young children are getting shot. If they're running away, you could tase them. You should be able to keep up running with them and tase them. <laughs> I don't feel that they should even be shot at. We have a thing as normal civilians that if we shoot somebody and it's overkill, I mean, I don't see why people are getting shot multiple times when you could shoot them in the leg and they'll fall down and you could arrest them or, you know, I, I just feel that some things are overdone. And I, I think that when they're being taught and trained, that dumb things should definitely, most definitely be addressed. I mean, as far as what's what you're going to be accountable for if you do, as far as, you know, in your in your job duties, you still should know, okay, like if I shoot this person seven times, I'm overkilling them. For one, I'm a police officer. I should be able to aim and shoot, you know, if I'm shooting at their head or if I'm shooting at their leg, I should be able to be able to do that. You you practice for that. So if you shoot somebody seven times, if I go shoot somebody seven times, I definitely kill them. I look at things like in that aspect because I'm a very person of, of where I like things to be equal and fair. And so I, I feel that higher authorities should definitely be held accountable for their actions. Uh, okay, let me ask you this. Have you been following the United States Capitol insurrection hearings and everything surrounding the insurrection of the Capitol? I, I haven't followed it. I did see some of it. And I, you know, I, I, I have my news break app, so I read a lot of different things. But I feel that, first of all, our capital should have never been able to be ran over like that. I mean, I don't understand how it would have been. That should be the most protected area in the United States, you would think. So, I mean, I don't understand how that would even happen. We should have had people on guard. Why do you why do you think that happened? Um, I, I think that a lot of our things that are supposed to be you know, more important are not as important. We should be more well prepared. Preparedness and being prepared before something happens. What we have going on with all these schools and people getting in and shooting up kids and, and stuff like that. There should have already been an action ready to happen for them type of thing. Okay, well, let me ask you this. Do you think that the individuals that overran the Capitol and were part of the insurrection, do you think that prosecuting them is warranted? Well, yeah, I mean, they should be prosecuted, definitely. Okay. You think that marijuana or cannabis should be legalized at the federal level. Correct me if I'm wrong. You do? Yes, I believe so, yes. Okay. Uh, I mean, as many alcohol-related problems that we have in the United States, I mean, we have more drunk drivings and alcohol-related problems than, I mean, the stem of 
how many fights and domestics that they're called to is due to alcohol and that's legal. Now with marijuana, we do have some scientific proof that it is helpful in uh, cancer. I know, you know, firsthand cancer patients and people that have used it. It's used for a lot of medicinal purposes and to be okay on a state level and not on a federal level, kind of just like it doesn't seem that it should be like that. Okay. All right. Very good. Defunding the police. I think you actually answered that question in the negative. Right. People think defunding the police, if we did that, we would have a massive, massive chaotic situation in this world, (laughs) in our United States. It would be crazy. I mean, if we didn't have police to do their job, imagine what it would be like out on the streets. You would never even have a little bit of safety. I mean, they might not be able to protect you from everything, but if we didn't have somebody to regulate things, then we would be pretty screwed. So is your belief is your belief that when people say defund the police, they actually are saying take away all monetary funding that keeps the police running, that provides all the necessary instruments and everything that they need to protect a particular city. Right. Okay. And it's your belief that when one entity says defund the police, that should be viewed as the same when another entity is saying defund the police. Yeah, you know, it's the same thing. Okay, it doesn't matter okay. who it comes so, from. It's the same. <laughs> it's the same thing. So yeah. when when President Trump says defund the FBI, which is the largest, most prestigious right. law enforcement agency in the country, you feel the same way about that as well. Well, yeah. I okay. mean, we need the FBI just like we need any other source. All right. And last question. I asked all my guests... On all 40, this is the 43rd episode now. <laughs> and I met when Biden leaves the office, I'll be asking about another administration. But what would you like to see the Biden administration accomplish? I'll never forget my daughter who graduated from college and two of her classmates was on. They said, in particular, Tori Johnson said, if Biden takes away my student loans, he got my vote for the next time. And guess what recently happened? And they actually right. spoke that like a year or more or so ago that he actually forgave some of their loan. I'm interested in knowing what your response is. What is it that you would like to see the Biden administration well, accomplish? Honestly, with anything, and this is how I feel, like I feel that in our presidency, it should be focused on making America greater and where everyone is enriched and not just, you know, one society or a lesser society, but ultimately, you know, for people to be able to get businesses going and, you know, different types of things and not just where, you know, everything is based on having good um, credit and things like that, because not everybody has good credit. So you're just working to barely survive. I mean, some of the people that have been the brokest ultimately could be the best at knowing how to run things because they know how to live cheaply. I feel like we do a lot for other countries when they're in trouble or in need, but we have people in our own country that are in need that there's nothing really changing and it all kind of stays the same. In order to make our country better, I mean, we should be self-sufficient inside of our country to where we do not have to rely on another country for anything. So I feel like if they could do things to help people, you know, like be able to 
to make it more than just working, you know, at minimum wage. And I mean, it's great when minimum wage goes up, but the cost of living also goes up. Everything in the stores is one up at least a quarter. (laughs) So, I mean, I just think that if they could come up with some different solutions to better our country, that that would be the best thing ever. Very good. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, two important data sources, important constitutional rights, and what can be done to make America a better place to live. Until next time, keep living your best life. God bless and Godspeed. 